Welcome to track number 22 of God's Banquet. So there is a price. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Tell your neighbor, take up your cross. Take up your cross and buy the fine linen. Follow Jesus. Take up your cross every day. Don't be ashamed to say that you know. What are you doing for your king? Have you freely given everything? Come on! To the one who gave his life for you, for you. Mm. And don't you get satisfied just to know. Yeah. 
Inherited garments must be worn to the banquet. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 26, the Bible says, Strip Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eliezer his son, and Aaron shall be gathered unto his people and shall die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded and stripped Aaron of his garments and put them upon Eliezer, his son. And Aaron died there at the top of the mountain and Moses and Eliezer came down from the mountain. Amen. Inherited garments are the garments that a son inherits from his father. And worse, Instead of his father. Or wears alongside with his father. The garments that belong to his father. The garment symbolizes the anointing of a father that has come upon the son. And so they are wearing the same clothes. The cloth is like the jersey. The jersey. There are soccer players who love to play a certain number and a certain color, and a certain jersey. Because it's like they came from maybe somebody who was playing number 17. And they always want to wear number 17 jersey. Is it not true? Yeah. Because you wear your father's shirt, and your father's garment is a precious garment. Both in the spirit and literally. Amen. When my father died, he gave me some cufflinks. I mean, before he died. It was one of the only things that he ever wore that I had. And it was precious to me because he gave it to me. That was, I mean, it was like one of the only things I ever had that he, that belonged to him that he gave to me. He took it out of his things and gave it to me. If you are in the, a spiritual person, you will know that the garment of the Aaron, it was taken from him and was put on his son. That symbolized that the son will be able to carry on the work that his father was doing. Ladies and gentlemen, you must always not be ashamed to wear an inherited garment. It is when you feel so good that you don't want to wear a hand-me-down. Hand-me-down is hand-me-down from my sister, my big sister, my big brother. But when you understand what it means, you will love to walk in your father's shoes. And then somebody was telling me, the way you walk is like your father. 
And I, it was a grown-up, so I didn't say anything. But I said it in my head. Who do you want me to walk like? <laughs> Who else shall I walk like? If somebody tells you, you are preaching like your father, why should you be ashamed of it and say, I want to be an original? The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. Rather, what you should be happy about is that they are able to see the similarities. When they are not able to pick out any similarities, you should be depressed. Because, I said because, when you are wearing the garment of your father and you walk by, people will think it's your father. People will think it's your father. People will think it's your father. When Joel Austin inherited his father's church and he came on the scene, he wore his father's literal father's shoes that I think his father gave him and said, and he walked on stage to preach with his father's shoes. He wore his father's shoes. Wow. A person who understands spiritual protocols and principles will know that your father's garment is the best garment to wear when it comes to ministry. You wear that jersey. When you wear the number 11 and they see you running, they will will even see somebody else coming. And they say, wow. A higher grace is coming. Don't be ashamed. Don't be big. Don't be too big to say that you are an original. There is nothing original in this world. It's not new. Only you have forgotten about it. But it has been there. That is the way ministry is. That is the way God passes down. In the Old Testament, you can never be a priest unless your father is a priest. It was only Levites sons of Levites and sons of priests who could become priests. So when you cannot point to somebody and say, this is my father, then you have a serious problem in the realm of the spirit. Don't be ashamed to say where you come from. One day, Somebody will mention your name also. There are people who are so ashamed to say they don't want they they want to be like Elijah, who we know nobody knows where he came from. Elijah the Tishbite, and then the story begins. There is no house, nothing. Just Elijah the Tishbite. One day, I don't know what it was, but I've heard him say a number of times. Bishop Duncan Williams, something happened. We rather went for some celebration or something. I don't know what it was, somewhere in the house or somewhere. But when we were going, he turned and he spoke a peculiar blessing. He said, may you also be celebrated. May people honor you. And may people celebrate you. As you have come to celebrate me, may, may people celebrate. May your children rise up and on, honor you too. 
What you don't realize is that when you are doing something to somebody, uh, it will be done to you. <laughs> yeah. And recently I met someone who celebrated me. And before I realized, I turned to him and I told him, may you be celebrated one day. I was surprised at myself. I was saying exactly the same words. May somebody also celebrate you and honor you and remember you. Amen. So, don't become someone who has no honor. There are some men of God, nobody ever honors them because they never honored anybody. It's true. They, you will not see people who will come to celebrate them or honor them or any nobody because they've never honored anyone before. So watch out, my friend. If you will never honor somebody on his special occasion, your special occasions will be some of the saddest ever known on this earth. I tell you, your special days will be some of the saddest and loneliest days. Because you do not celebrate anybody in your life. You are one man thousand achieved by myself, self-learning, learning the night, stadia of revelations. Shabaya. Are you listening to me? How many are excited? You know, when I had that vision I was telling you about earlier, about how this guy came down and put a garment and gave me the bottle, I was very happy. For me, the anointing has always symbolized, huh? the anointing has always been symbolized by a garment. One day, I was somewhere and I was up with three people in America. And suddenly I felt the anointing came upon me and the Holy Ghost said to me, take your jacket off. And put it on this person. We were in a room. And I put it on the person. But you see, like with many things, people, people think we are joking. And I believe the person became anointed. Recently, we were going through, you see, one of the anointings on, on, on my life is that I have children in the ministry. I have sons, not employees, sons, daughters, whatever. When that anointing is on you, you also have children. Because not everybody is anointed to have children. Yeah. I have sons, I have daughters. I mean, if I send somebody a text and I say, buy me a Mercedes Benz today. Huh? It's not, it's not asking, are you serious? I have sons who do everything for me. If only I would even ask. Everything. So when that anointing is on you, you also have such people. Okay. And they will watch you. When, when, when you speak about me in your room, they will learn from you how to speak about you. You say, in their room. <laughs> they will learn it. When you talk when you are angry, they will learn how to speak when they are angry in their room. And yours will be times 100. Because harvesting is more. Have you decided to go home? 
Are you here? Listen carefully. I'm preaching to you about inherited garments. Inherited garments. If you are catching anointing, catch it well. Yeah. Yeah. I have sons in the ministry. Paul said, my son Timothy. My own son Timothy. My own son. I have sons. I have daughters. They are like people born in my house. In fact, sometimes I see my biological children. Those that are, are very close to me as uh, spiritual children. They are like biological children. I can go to their houses. I can go to their bedrooms. I can show them anything. They are just like my little children that are born in my house. It's almost, sometimes I, I mix them up. It's amazing. Now, when you start to go through the ministers and you realize that this guy has no son. He has no even relationship. And you ask yourself if that garment is on you. You realize that you cannot teach the word of God. You can only prophesy. I see a motia. Do you know motia? A dwarf. A dwarf. Shaita baita. I see a dwarf. Every day you are seeing dwarfs. Hey. What are you doing? Shaita baita. How many fingers? How many fingers? How many fingers? Five. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Have you, police, have you learned how to do eye tests? How many fingers? How many fingers? How many fingers? Go and see if anybody needs eye tests. Uh, uh, five fingers, you said three fingers. He said five. Okay, okay, okay. Leave him, leave him. Check. Check their eyes. How many fingers? Give her a microphone. What? How many fingers? Two. How many fingers? Three. How many fingers? Four. You said them. Five. Okay, once the person can count fingers, he's awake. Shaita biter. What is the first type of garment you are carrying with you to heaven? Shiny garment. Which, which signifies what? Souls that you've won. It's a soul winner's garment. So, it's one of the things you can wear. Number two. Anointed garments. Amen. Number three. 
garment of praise. What does that mean? Thankfulness, gratefulness, gratitude, appreciation type of people are going to go to heaven. But memories, grumblers, where are they? They perish in the Red Sea. They never got to the promised land. Because they were memory. Bible says, remember, these could not make it there. Because they murmured. Remember not as they murmured. Complain not as they complained. Grumble not as they grumbled. Because they could not enter the promised land because of the memoring and the complaining. Are you listening to me? What is the next type of garment? Linen garment. What does it mean? Expensive, costly garments. What is the next one? Inherited garments. You can wear. When you get to God's banquet, when you get to the banquet, and then they start asking you, What? What are you wearing? So it's my father's garment. <laughs> it's my father's garment. I mean, it's a heritage garment. Wow. Sing that part when the guy came and then he was asking, I mean, uh, uh, where, who are you? Where did you come from? So the master came to see those invited. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give a lot of slow motion. There was a certain man. Without the right garments, oh, what are you doing here? How did you get here? Oh, you kind of come in here with those that he garments, oh, God has called us to his back where. Yes, and you can't go without salvation. Take this man outside, he said to his servant. They bound him hand and foot into outer darkness. Oh, weeping, gnashing teeth instead of a banquet. Why, oh why, you could have had it all at the wonderful banquet. Oh, 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 God has called us to his banquet. Ooh, yes, and you can't go without salvation. So my brothers and sisters, this is a message, a wonderful message. Don't make light of it, it's a great invitation. Oh, God has called us to his banquet. You can't go without salvation. Can I hear you sing that part again? God, everybody. Salvation, salvation, yeah. God has. 
salvation. God has prepared a wonderful banquet. Oh yeah, everyone on earth has got to be there. Are you giving the Lord a slow motion? All you need is a garment to go. The garment of salvation that Jesus gives. Jesus gives. God has called us to his back where you can't go without salvation. Okay, bump. You can't go without salvation. You don't know how to dance, bump. This very day, you must go for your garment. Oh, oh, ah, ah, ah. Don't be holier than this thou. Every day Give your neighbor a bump. All you need to do is put up the garment of sin. Receive Jesus Christ to be your Lord. Ah! God has called us to his back And you can't go without salvation. Ooh, God has called us to his back Bump out of fashion. God has prepared. Then get to the job. It's time to dance. Every one of you will dance and rejoice. All you need to do is work for the Lord. Ooh, oh, working every day as hard as you can. And you can't go without salvation. Yeah. I cannot wait to go for the banquet. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Dining with the king, the king of kings. Woo! Can you wait? Will you sit by me at the wonderful banquet? Ooh, obey the call of God and serve the Lord. Ah, oh, God has called us to his banquet. You can't go without salvation. This very day, you must reach out to sinners. Are you going to reach out? Night is coming soon. No one can work. Oh, what are you waiting for? Rise up 
happen, do it, do it, brother. Your only chance is now to serve the Lord. God has Come on, sing it. us to his banquet. of war. When you come in dressed as a soldier, you'll be accepted to this garment, to this wedding. Yeah. When you come in and you realize that you are from war, fighting entities, battling, smashing, high spirits, wicked spirits, that are lifted up against the will of the Lord. Are you listening to me? Amen. When they realize that you are wearing a colonel's uniform. You are wearing a sergeant's uniform. When they see your boots, you will be welcomed at this banquet. You can come in here with shining garments. You can come in here with anointed garments. You can come in here with garments of praise, thankfulness. You can come in here with inherited garments. And you can come in here with garments of war. Isaiah chapter 9. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise. And garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Amen. Garments of a person who has fought will be garments with scars. But a scar is a healed wound, not an open wound. An open wound will kill you. But a healed wound is evidence that you overcame your head. I'll say it again. 
a, a, an open wound is evidence that you are hurt. And when it stays open for long enough, it will kill you. Every offense you experience and every offense you actually encounter, you must realize that it's actually a wound to your spiritual life. Now, once it does not get healed, doesn't go away, it's not a scar. Because a scar is a healed wound. Now, if you read Rejoiner's book on the torch and the sword, one of the chapters at the end, there was a great battle going on. And two gentlemen came walking through the warriors and all the enemies just ran away from them. They were very experienced but very scarred. You see, an experienced person is wounded many times. I've been given blows enough to knock out an average person many times. So when you see young people coming forth into life, and you realize that they do not know limited what is waiting for them, problem, trouble, scar, pain. But you see, it is going through and surviving. What have you been through? What have you survived? One day, I went to the hospital with my wife. She was pregnant. She had been impregnated. And she was going to have a baby. Wow. Now, as we sat at the doctor's place, I was just waiting for him to finish whatever he was saying. I looked under the table. And there I saw the doctor's feet. Because instead of wearing shoes, he was wearing a slipper like Pastor Obi. But this one is even a bit covered. Doctor, well, not exactly like that. But I think more like what he's wearing. Come and let me show. Show them your beauty. You always wear good shoes, you know, because you never know when it will be used as an example. <laughs> now, take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. They show the people you should. This, the, the doctor was wearing something like this. But you could, see the, you could see the toes. I mean, this is an old shoe, brother. Okay. Now, as I looked at, the, at, the, at his feet, I noticed that one of the toes was not there. Wow. So when he finished, I asked him, Prof, where is your toe? Because I saw it below the, chair, the table. I can't even believe that. I must have asked him because I've preached about it hundreds of times. I've said it over and over again. I know the story myself. I have to tell you because there are some people who don't know this story. It's important. So, I said, Professor, where is your toe? He said, my toe is in Saudi Arabia. I said, what? What a shock! I said, how did your toe get to Saudi Arabia? And he said, I work in Saudi Arabia. As a gynecologist. And when I was working there, one day I hit my leg on the table. I was in my room in my house. And I hit my leg on the table. And he said that my toe began to swell and it became a wound. But he said, I, I am suffering from diabetes as well. Today this professor is dead. But he told me when he was alive then, he said, I was suffering from diabetes. And when you have diabetes, you have so much sugar in your blood that it feeds the wounds and the wounds don't get healed because they have so much sugar 
It's so sweet. The, the bacteria, they love the sugar. They enjoy, they grow, they develop. Ooh, they come there all the time. You've got so much sugar in the blood. And so the wound wouldn't get healed. And he said, the toe got bigger, 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 bigger. Then they took him to the hospital. Then he, they wanted to cut off his whole leg. So they decided, let us try to cut off the toe and see whether maybe it was. So they took him into the surgery. They cut off the toe. They came back, put in a plaster and all that. And by the grace of God, the toe got healed. But he had sacrificed one toe. So that toe was left in Saudi Arabia and he came back to Ghana. That is how he did not have one toe. Now, some of you are like the toe. When you are hurt, it doesn't go away. And when it doesn't go away, what is going to happen one day? They will come and cut it off because it never gets healed. Do you know how many people have hurt me? How many people have been ungrateful to me? How many things I've done for so many people? They just do whatever they want and later come and say sorry. When they realize that they have broken certain spiritual principles. And you also just have to say, oh, it's okay, I've forgiven you. I forgive it. Now I have a reason for it. You forgive. But I, I've determined 30 minutes. The best I'll do is to just forget about you. Yeah. And move on and find new people. Nice people. To replace you 100 times over. Yeah. But some of us, we will never let things be healed. Never forget. You are the most difficult person to marry. It's difficult to stay with you. It's difficult. But you don't forgive. Sisters. Hey. Huh? Why? Why are you like that? Huh? Forgive. We are sorry. You don't trust anybody. Many ladies walk alone. No friends. You don't trust anybody. They are like leopards in the forest. I walk alone. Ghosts. Home alone. Hey, by the way, brothers, when you are looking for somebody to marry, don't marry some a lady who has no friend that you will be her only friend. Hey! Can you imagine the job you are going to do? The only person, she doesn't talk to anybody in the church, doesn't befriend anybody in the church, you are the only person she knows. Hey! Very difficult. Yeah, there are a lot of sisters that as soon as they marry them, it's like they start to make demands. No, you have to come. You have to come. And, uh, da, 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 because they also don't relate with anybody. They also don't relate with anybody in the system. So you, it's like you are the main system, uh, systems administrator. You must come home to administer the systems. Hey! Meanwhile, you are a pastor. You have to talk to the people. You have to love the people. You have to visit the people. You have to care for the people. And now you have become a systems administrator. Hey! Doesn't talk with anyone. Doesn't befriend anyone. Only the husband. 
Everybody else, you are quiet. Ow! What a job. What a job. I heard my wife advising some people once. She said, when you are a woman, you must keep your woman friends. If you are a woman, you need women, women friends. Because women, we don't understand some things. Oh. Are, are we not sorry? We are sorry. Go to women with direction and relate with women. <laughs> yeah. The only person you talk to is like you are quiet. You are in love and you are in love with your husband. Your husband is all your everything. It's your husband. Ah! One day, I was watching television. And I saw the wife of a great man of God. She was being interviewed. And she said something I've never forgotten. She said that my husband is the best husband that you can have. I don't know anything else he can do as a husband. She said that the problem that I have is left up to me to control myself. And make myself happy. Because the happiness that I need, he has done what can be done. And you see, when your husband does what he can do, it will reach about 40% of happiness. Yeah. She said, look, the rest is really up. It's, my, it's me who I have to become content within myself. It cannot come from this human being. And she has a pastor's wife, a huge ministry. The rest of the happiness, it will never come. One man cannot provide you with the happiness that you need. Even a Christian man. You cannot come into marriage planning that this man is my my security. Wow. No matter the song that he sings for you. No matter how much he tells you he's taking your hand to heaven. You follow his love. It's beautiful. It's beautiful love. And he's going to take you to heaven, isn't it? Such love. Tell us, baby. Yeah. Nobody gets You are telling a sister that nobody gets such love. It's much harder to come back. I'm waiting in line. You have queued you have queued up and in the house waiting for the love. Too much love anymore. It's as high as the There's a heaven up above, made of pearly gates, precious streets of gold, no more painful tears to cry. I believe we'll live in love forever, peace will always reign and never die, cause love is Take you there. If you just believe hey. that nobody gets too 
much love anymore. It's much harder to come. Is that what people are hoping for? You are hoping to take your hand and show you love. And when you marry, he's busy. And you are annoyed. Don't see him. You are annoyed. Come now. Come now to the house. I want you. I need you now. I'll divorce you right now, you see. When are you coming? Sing it. Something's wrong. Where will all this hate be over? So I was going to write a different song. Cause love is such a beautiful thing. We need to understand with an open heart. We can change the world. Just give love a chance. Cause nobody gets too much love anymore. It's much harder to come by. I'm waiting in line. And nobody shows too much love. Your garments of war. You are going to use it to do number one. To gain public opinion through great victories and occupation of the enemy's capital city. <laughs> You see, when you are coming to attend the banquet, you must have fought wars. And one of the things, some of the things you are going to do is to gain public opinion. Won through great victories and the occupation of your enemy's capital city. How many are ready to gain public opinion for Jesus? How many are ready to win great victories for Jesus? How many are ready to occupy the enemy's capital and main territories? Wow. That's why we want to occupy cities, nations, the devil's capital cities, Amsterdam. California, demonic San Francisco, India, China, Russia, the Mogadishu, Johannesburg, Juba, Sudan, 
to gain public opinion, the public will be won to Christ through great victories by occupying the enemy's capital cities. Wow! If you want a garment of war, this is what you must do. When you can do this, you will be wearing, you don't need anything but the garments rolled in blood. And you enter heaven with a garment that you used to fight and occupy the enemy's capital cities. That is why when President George Bush was fighting with Iraq, they bombed and bombed and bombed. And their aim was to gain public opinion through great victories and to occupy the enemy's capital cities or his capital. Are you understanding what it means to go to war? We are gaining public opinion for Jesus. That is why we occupy Pretoria. That's why we have, we have occupied Port Elizabeth. That's why we have occupied Cape Town. That's why we are looking to occupy Bloemfontein, the judicial capital of South Africa, the judicial, the center of the country. That is why we are looking to occupy so many cities. That is what will qualify us. I'm explaining to you what it means to carry and wear a garment of war. To, 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 to wage war. What it means to wage war. It means to gain public opinion through great victories that have been won by occupying the enemy's capital cities. Where he thought we couldn't come to. He thought we couldn't come there. We've come there. Satan thought we couldn't come to Kenya. He thought we couldn't come to Zambia. Is going to see something. We are going to gain public opinion in Zambia through great victories that we won and occupy the enemy's capital city. That is why Hitler. He waged war by gaining public opinion. First of all, occupying the, the area called the Zudetin land, which is a land that was taken away from them from the, during the Versailles Treaty of the First World War between 1940 and 1918. And when he took that land, nobody said anything. And then he took more. Then he invaded Austria. And he said that Austrians speak German and they are Germans. That was to noble. So he entered Vienna. And each of these moves were popular. And he gained public opinion as he occupied. Because that Versailles Treaty was unpopular. The Germans didn't like it after the First World War. They felt they had not lost the war. And they had just gone to sign a bogus peace treaty. So they were not, and Hitler was a corporal in the army. He was not happy with that history. So by taking away the land first, 
that they signed the treaty that they would demilitarize and this place is for whatever. They took it, they gained public opinion, two great victories. Then they occupied Vienna. Then they started amassing their troops at the border of Poland. And then on the 1st of September 1939, he gained more public opinion by entering Poland, uh, Poland and invaded Warsaw. He killed 25 million Polish people by the time he finished. And gained public opinion through great victories. By June, he invaded uh, uh, France and entered Paris with his troops. They formed the longest convoy that has ever been formed from Germany to France of troops. They never expected him to come through the mountains. He came through the mountains and he entered Paris. When they got to Paris, they signed immediately. They surrendered so that he would not bomb the city. That is how come the Eiffel Tower and all those uh, buildings are still there because they, 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 they surrendered to uh, prevent a bombing of the city. And so by the time he gained in 1940, he was now gaining through great victories, much popularity. He became like a god. And then it occurred to him to also invade. He took over all this at Holland and they were just, I mean, nothing. And then he said he was going to invade Russia and take Moscow. Yeah, this is the same thing that Napoleon did. Because to wage war, listen to me, I'm explaining what it means to wage war. I'm explaining what it means to wage war. It means... <laughs> Are you listening to me? It means... It means... To... Enter your enemy's capital city. It means to occupy. Through great victories. To gain public opinion. Through great victories. Where they think you cannot come. And that is what Napoleon did. And that is what all great leaders of campaigns and wars did. They will gain public opinion. That is why America lost the war. Because they couldn't gain public opinion in Vietnam. And they could not occupy... Uh, 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 what is the name of the town? Phnom Penh or whatever. That is why both North Korea and South Korea are poised. One time I was in South Korea... And the general, an American general said that there are more guns directed at Seoul, Korea than I can imagine. All the guns in North Korea are pointing to Seoul city, the capital of South Korea. And South Korea is also pointing at Pyongyang. And they are all pointing at each other, ready to invade each other since they had the ceasefire in 19-whatever. Because the war will always involve gaining public opinion through great victories and occupying the enemy's capital or capital cities where he never thought you could be. Wow. When I was born and when I started a church, Satan never expected me to come to Nigeria. To, to, but I, we, we are gaining public opinion in Nigeria. We are gaining public opinion in Nigeria. He thought, he thought we could not be there. He, he thinks we cannot. There are so many towns he thinks we cannot be. Yeah. 
If there are so many places you think we cannot be. He was surprised when, when we were in Johannesburg. Because he thinks that we cannot occupy Johannesburg. He has, he has tried to prevent us from attacking. We are going to occupy. We are gain, gaining public opinion. Great victories. In Eastern Europe, we will be there occupying. Are you ready to occupy cities? Are you ready to gain public opinion? By occupying your enemy's capital. Hey, I have more principles of war to share with you. I tell you. But if we do that, we will begin another camp. Hey. It's fantastic. Mm. I love All right, another camp. Next one. Blood-sprinkled garments must be worn to the banquet. Blood-sprinkled garments. Exodus 29:21. And thou shalt take of the blood that is Upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Blood must be sprinkled. No one is good enough. Even the sisters who think they are holier than thou. We have left you, Kriya. Amen. We are getting to the end. Garments of salvation. Wow. Amen. And finally, garments of vengeance. And zeal for the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 59. Verse 16. And he saw that there was no man. And wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm. Brought salvation unto him. And his righteousness. It sustained him. Are you with me? Isaiah 59. Verse 16 and 17. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Wow. The garments of vengeance of the Lord. Tomorrow we are going to look at what are we going to eat. This is what are we going to wear. And tomorrow, what are we going to eat? So that you can be practicing with some of the meals that you are going. Some of you, you don't know how to eat steak. You don't know how to eat Alfredo. You don't know how to use knife and fork. Only using your fingers. When you are using... 
knife and fork is as if you are doing a samurai. You are using a samurai sword. As if you are a gladiator. Are you a gladiator or a pastor? Amen. Wow. Now, the garments of zeal. You see, people who are not zealous cannot easily go for this banquet. When you arrive and they look at you, what are you wearing? You can't come in here with this kind of garments. Amen? Are you listening to me? You can't come in here with this kind of garments. You must have the garment of the vengeance of the Lord. And the garments of the zeal of the Lord. Passion. So when you come to the door, they are going to see what are you wearing. You cannot wear 90s to this meeting. Can you imagine if we came here, my sister stand up, a camp uh, angel, Miss Camp, and you are wearing a nighty. See through nighty without panties and bra. You cannot come in here. What are you doing here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here with those garments. Come on, sing it! What are you doing here? How did you get here? Oh, you cannot come in here with those dirty garments. Brothers without zeal. You cannot come in here. Brothers without zeal. Brothers without zeal. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? There's such a camp. What are you doing here? You cannot come in here with such a garment. Will you be accepting this camp queen without wearing a nightie, without panties? What are you doing here? What are it's you like doing it's like a pastor without zeal. <laughs> a pastor without zeal. No pants. No, no pants. Ah! Oh, no fine. Shepherd without zeal. You only read the book for exams. Huh? And still you don't pass. When we ask you what verse is verily, verily I say unto you, we say it is in it's Romans. Ah! What are you doing here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here with those that he man. Everybody join me. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? How did you get here? You can't come in. You can't come in here with those dirty garments. 
Anybody you notice without the appropriate garment is going to be brought out here. Number one is what? What are you doing here? How did you get here? Without shiny garments. You cannot come in here. No shiny garments. Garment. What's the next one? Next one. What are you doing here? How anointed. Get here? Uh, anointed garments. You cannot come in here with an anointed garment. No anointed garment. What's the third one? What are you doing here? Garments of praise. Get here? How did you get here? Oh, you cannot come in here without your garment of praise. What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing here? What is the next kind of garment? What garment? are you doing here? Linen, How did you get here? Oh. You cannot come in here without linen garments. Oh. Come on! What are you doing What's the next here? type of garment? How did you get Inherited here? garment. Inherited. You cannot come in here without inherited garments. What's the next one? Garment of war. So boy. You cannot come in here without the garment of war. What's the next one? Blood sprinkle garment. Blood sprinkle. You cannot come in here without your blood sprinkled garment. What's the next time? Oh. Garment of salvation. What salvation. Are you doing here? How did you get here? 
you can come in here without your garment of salvation. What is the next type? Garment of vengeance what and zeal for the Lord. Zeal. How did you get here? Oh, you cannot come in here without your garment of zeal for the Lord. Ooh, give the Lord a shout. God, God has come to his banquet. Now, what are the type of garments that we don't want to see at all? Number one is what? Prison garments. Locate any prisoner looking like person here. What are you doing here? How did you get here? Prison garments. Look at the stripes. It's a prisoner. You cannot come in here with those prison garments. Yeah. What are you doing here? How did you get here? What is the next type? You can't Filthy garments. With those filthy garments. He's fighting with you too. What are you doing here? How did you get here? You cannot come in here. What is the next type of garment? Moth-eating garment. Look for somebody who is rich, too rich. How did you get here? You cannot come in here with moth-eating garment. What is the next type? Spotted garment. Spotted! Hey, let's look for a spotted. How did you get here? How did you get here? Oh, is that spot? Your spotted spot. garment. Look at your spotted. Oh, 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 spot. oh, oh, oh. Let that spot. Did you get here? How did you get here? Look at the spotted garment. You How did you get here? here? How did you get here? Hey! What are you doing Ow. here? Ow. How did you Ow. get Ow. here? Let's see. You cannot come in here for the government. Everybody put your hand and say, Mercy, 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 mercy. How did you get here? Mercy. You cannot come in here with your spotted garment. Oh, oh, oh. God has gone unto his banquet. All right. Lift your hand, everybody. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word today. We are grateful as you have spoken to us today. You've shown us that indeed you've invited us to a banquet. We thank you. We thank you for showing us how to come, how to dress, how to be ready, how to be anointed, blood sprinkled, shining, soul winning garments. Sprinkled with blood, inherited garments, garments of war. Garments with which we fought many battles and occupied 
the cities, the capital cities of our enemy. Satan's cities. Satan's strongholds. Thank you. For the victorious garment of zeal and vengeance for the Lord. That we may avenge the name of the Lord and lift up the name of Christ high in East Africa. And to the ends of the world. Bless your people and anoint them heavily. With oil, with fresh unction, ointment. With the balm of Gilead. Anoint their forehead with ointment. Let their head lack no oil and no ointment. Let them receive a new grace. A new touch of the heart. Touch of the mind. Touch of the soul. Touch of the spirit. To serve you, Lord. To follow you. To obey you. Thank you, Jesus. What a blessing we have received in this camp. What a time we have received in your presence. Where we have heard of the true great banquet. Prepared by Jesus. Prepared by you, O God. For us. We thank you for the great invitation. The great invitation. The greatest invitation. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe on him should not perish. But have everlasting and eternal life. Thank you. Give us the grace that this vivid illustration and message that has come to us in these three four days will never go away from our hearts. That we will always know that oh God you called us to a great banquet. Although the invitation card may look a bit frightening it is ultimately to a banquet. A great feast. Thank you for the princes of that day who shall wear the crown. Thank you for the servants of the Lord who shall be at the great feast. Thank you for the women who shall also be there in their numbers, honored by the Lord. Thank you for those that shall win many souls and shall also be there to be honored by you. Father, we lift our hands. We say thank you with the garment of gratitude and praise for calling us out from among so many people, selecting us and choosing us and sending us to the nations of the world. We are grateful. We are thankful. But we would have not been here if you have not been very kind to us and shown us a great mercy. We are thankful. And to you who is able to keep us from the fall, from the fall, from the fall into the hands of the enemy, from the fall into the hands of our enemies, and those that wish us evil, and predict our downfall and say an evil thing has befallen them. And to you, we commend ourselves. We commend the children. We commend the pastors. We commend the beginners. We commend them that are halfway through their journeys. And we commend them that are at the tail end of their journeys and their fights on the course that has been mapped out by you. And to you who is able to present us blameless, spotless, faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And to you we commend and commit ourselves. We thank you for East Africa. For we stand here not just for Kenya, but for the whole of this Eastern African corner of the world. Forgotten by many, but remembered by you. Remembered because of the cross 
of Calvary, 2,000 years ago, that blood was sprinkled through the whole world for eternity, for the ages to come. Jesus, have mercy on us. Use us. If you can use anything, use us. Send us. Help us. Lord, we are, we are weak. We are weak. But we ask you for your help. And we know you have helped us. We thank you. And Lord, as we go out of this camp, we know we are not going the same, but we are going in a special way, equipped for a war. To gain public opinion for Jesus. Through many, many great victories. And through occupying our enemy's capital, cities. Thank you. <laughs> what a blessing. Blessing of occupying our enemy's cities. Time and time again. We thank you for your mercies, your forgivenesses and love given and ministered to us in this time. May it never go out of our hearts as long as we live. And Lord, we pray that one day we will stand at that banquet <laughs> together. Some of us wearing shiny garments. Others wearing blood sprinkled garments. Others wearing anointed garments. Others in their inherited clothes. Others, O oh God, in the garments of war and garments of vengeance of the Lord. We thank you. Save us from the spots. The spots of our flesh. That characterize our lives and our ministries. And we may be saved from our own bodies. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Now, we are going to receive an offering. I think I remember that I asked you to bring a special offering. How many brought it? All right. Take out your envelope offering, and we are all going to put it in the front here. No Asha is going to come to where you are. If you need an envelope, you can lift your hand. It's a special envelope offering. I want you to give to contribute substantially to the work of the Lord. We have been here. No lion has beaten us. Lions are just here, but they couldn't come. The Lord has secured us by land, by sea, and by air. Take it out and let me pray over it before. I, this must be your best offering at the camp. The camp is not yet over. Tomorrow is the last day. It's just going to be only in the morning, early in the morning. We are going to have a session. And then we'll close. And then we'll be on our way. Actually, it's already morning. You know, we took a long break in the afternoon. So whatever you sow, you must reap. In Tina, we are here at such a time as this. Lift up your offering. Father, we are grateful and we are thankful as we present this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, are these the three offering baskets that we have? How many baskets are there do we have? Okay. 
Put one basket. Put your offering here this side. Put your offering in the front. Anybody in the front, you can put your offering there. Now, just the front rows. You are near the front. Just put your offering. The first four rows only. If you are in the first four rows, it's time for you to be seated. Amen. How many of you are joining us this morning from the rest of the world? Let me see your hand. Wow. Wow. You are very welcome. We have been eating here for the past four days at a banquet. And uh, I'm surprised that you are now coming. <laughs> what a shock. What a shock. <laughs> you are now coming. Amen. Ah, my sister, are you angry? Why are you there? You tie of it? You want to separate us, eh? Yuma? Yuma? Let's not frighten them. They are new. Clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. But this morning, we are continuing with the powerful camp. And uh, the theme for those who are just joining us is God's Banquet. Amen. God's Banquet. And uh, Bishop has taught us many, many powerful things. And uh, you need to get the entire MP3 CD for the camp. Amen. And it is going to be a great blessing to your life. But I want us to turn our Bibles to Luke 14 to look at the the, the story which has formed the basis for this camp and we are going to recap what we did yesterday about the, the garments or the attire required for coming to the banquet of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And the 16 of Mark, uh, Luke 14 Luke 14, 16 and he said Unto him a certain man made a great supper. Amen. And bade many. That is invited many. And sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Amen. Come, for all things are now ready. Some of you here are 20 years old, 30 years, 40 years. 18 years, but you've just come to know the Lord. All things are now ready for you to start living your life properly. Those years are wasted years. And in the Lord, everything you need is ready for your life. All things are now ready. And they all, with one accord, with one consent, began to make excuse. Amen. They began to make excuse. The first said unto him, 
I have bought a piece of ground. And I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a beautiful wife that I love. And therefore, because I'm in love, I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded. And yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in so that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Amen. Amen. And we have been mightily blessed this past four days, as Bishop has been sharing from this wonderful, I mean, this wonderful story. And it's all about an invitation. Amen. God has invited us to a, a better life than the life we were living when we were not saved. Amen. Your life as a member of Lighthouse Chapel International, Mombasa. Lighthouse Chapel International, Nairobi. LCI, Tanzania. Wow. This is a better life. Tell your friend, this is a better life. It's far better than what your boyfriend gave you. Don't bring yourself. <laughs> Amen. Because God has good plans for us. God loves us. And sometimes the devil brings us junk food. And presents it to us as the best thing that ever happened to us. But no one who has tasted of the good food on this banquet looks back and desires something else. Amen. And I pray that you will never turn back from this table of the king. If you are here, you are in church, you are in church on Sunday, believe God that the day you die, you will die as a believer. You will not die as an unbeliever. You will not die as a backslidden Christian. Amen. And there are many, many reasons why we do not respond well to God's invitation. Many times we come to a place in our lives we fail to realize that God is honoring us and favoring us by bringing us into a good church. By giving you a good pastor. By giving you a good shepherd. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says something interesting. Now, all of them, you see, there's a word. Go back to Luke, Luke 14, verse 20. You see, and it says, I said verse 20. Um, 
verse 18. It says, And they all with one accord, with one consent, began to make excuse. Amen. At least the little English I've done or I've studied tells me that it should have been, they all began to make excuses. Amen. It should have been, they all began to make excuses. But the Bible says they all began to make excuse. Which means that whatever your reason is, it is still as bogus as any other reason if you don't respond to the call that God has given you. They were different. One had bought a piece of land. One had married. One had oxen. These are different things. They are unrelated. But to God, an excuse is an excuse. An excuse that a worker will give for not being a shepherd, it, to God is the same as an excuse that a student will give for not being a shepherd. It's the same. It's the same. And this morning, God is telling that you don't have any excuse. At the end of the story, the master was very angry, was very upset. But that shall not happen to you in Jesus' name. God will be very, very happy with you. Amen. So, so we are going to look today at what we said, Bishop taught us yesterday, how to dress for the banquet. Dress. How to dress. How to dress. How to dress. <laughs> we, are, we are all here. We've been here for some days now. But today is Sunday. And because of the name of the day, it has automatically changed our appearance. People yesterday who looked like Rasta men are now looking at like pastors. What a shock! <laughs> Amen! So when God invites you, He expects you to be wearing a particular kind of garment. Amen! When the master came in, they were all happy. Music was playing. There was good food. But the master sat down and spotted somebody in a red shirt. Everybody is wearing white. How come you are wearing red? <laughs> hey, sorry, it's not you. You have been invited. <laughs> Amen. And the man had the shock of his life. Because they were, they, were, they were smoking Indian hemp. They were gambling. They were misbehaving. And they went to call them. But somehow, others managed to change their clothes. Somehow, I don't know, I don't know how, but somehow, others manage to change. When you get to heaven, and you stand in front of Peter, and you see other people entering, and you are being told you can't enter, you say, what a shock! <laughs> what a shock! And Peter will slap you, say, fair your jaw, fair your jaw, slap you, tie your jaw. Peter asked, why are you there? I won't separate you. You won't, you won't, you won't enter now? You can't enter now. <laughs> I thought they were smoking weed. Fornicating, misbehaving. They were minding their own business. They had no idea there was a party going on somewhere. And somebody went and told them, look, that mansion there, there's a party there. And the master has sent me to come and call all of you. Let's, we should go to a mansion? To go and eat good food? We are used to some cheap food. 
said, no, the master says you must come. Said, are you sure we are the people he's invited? Yes. So well, let's, let's, let's stop smoking weed and go. And they went to the mansion. But somehow, between their place they were fooling and the banquet hall, people managed to change. They managed to change. May you manage to change. Sometimes you, 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 you will not believe that as we are all here, as you are with your friends fooling one day, one day, a guy with his friends, unbelievers, they went to a disco, went to drink, smoke, fool around, and they said they were going to the other disco to go and continue there. But all of them went into the car of one of the guys. Like, I've got five friends. So all the five friends entered one car. So they sat in the car, going to the next disco. Smokers, drunkards, fornicators, this type of wow, wow, wow guys. As soon as they were going for second service, <laughs> the, the guy, the owner of the car, who was fooling with them, he put his khaki in the ignition and then turned it. As soon as the engine started, the CD began to play. And they were expecting to hear sexual healing. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> Buffalo soldier. They were, they were expecting to hear killing me softly. Do you want to know what the people had in the car? Do you want to know? The drunkards, the smokers, the fornicators. Going for second service in a, under disco. As soon as the guy turned the ignition and the engine started, they were shocked. Playing in the guy's car was a preaching tape. Hey! The guys were surprised. Hey, Charlie, Mike. But you since when you start here, uh, you start listening to uh, preaching, ah, you'll be born again or what? He said, Charlie, everybody for secure himself. Oh. <laughs> everybody for secure himself. So as they were fooling, the guy there, he, Charlie, he was, he was a soaker of messages. He loved God. <laughs> so you go and stand in front of Peter in heaven. Is it Peter or Michael they will stand in front of? Michael. Noah. <laughs> and you see that the guy you were fooling with, the guy you were misbehaving with, that guy is now is being ushered inside to a mansion somewhere. So what a shock! What a shock! I, I was fooling with you. How come you are going to say me I can't enter? You want to secure sir? We fooling you. You want to, you don't want to secure sir? I secure myself. <laughs> so as they were fooling, somehow one of them managed to be listening to preaching. Bishop Dagwood Mills preaching. Makane. <laughs> he had the Makane in a disco car. So between the fooling place and the mansion, 
some people manage to change. What is your life? <laughs> I tell you, and it's true. Those of you have been to boarding school, at the school I went to, boarding school, and we're fooling. It's a very good school, Bishop. <laughs> a good school with bad boys. No, no, you were bad. I wasn't bad. <laughs> he was a very bad boy. <laughs> yeah, my year, my year, the, the, the guy who, who had the, um, we had these awards, Junior Scholar. That is the guy who topped the, the whole year was a drunkard. This, what a shock! We were in SU, Form 5, I was in SU. Learning. <laughs> the old things had passed away. <laughs> God is good. Glory to God. He's the, he, that guy who had one, 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 all. Oh, his, his trunk, he, he, he came to school with gin. Official in his box. Some have food, sardines, corned beef, you know, milk, sugar. He came to school with beer and gin. Every weekend, six, 16, 17. Gin, beer. There were two of them. One had aggregate six, one had aggregate seven. And a lot of the guys they were fooling with, one, 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 one is even a pastor in Lighthouse. They failed the exam. He's not here. <laughs> he was fooling with them. But they managed to become junior scholars. So you see, as we are around, be very careful. The person you are fooling with is listening to Makane. You may not know. <laughs> you may never know limited. <laughs> so, so we are looking at some garments we need to wear. So you can go to, what shop in, in, in Nairobi sells clothes? Mr. Price. You got Mr. Price here? Woolworths here? What? Dikomba. Is this second hand or new? Second hand. No, not second hand. <laughs> Look, the, 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 the garment I'm going to list, only one is second hand. <laughs> All of them are brand new garments. Only one is second hand. <laughs> so, so the first garment you must, you must wear is the Shining garments. Shining garments. Glory to God. If you read Luke chapter 24, verses 3 to 4, because of time, let me just read. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it came to pass that as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Wow. There's a kind of garment which shines. There's a kind of garment which is very, very, very bright. And the people who wear such shining garments are soul winners. It is reserved only for soul winners. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3, that those who win souls shall shine. When you see them coming, you say the guys are shining. So soul winning will give you a garment which will qualify you. 
please remember that someone was disqualified, not because he took Indian hemp into the place, not because he went there with Dryden, just what he was wearing was enough to send him out. So, so if you wear the right garment, you will have access to the blessings that God has for you. Glory to God. Everybody must. Is that how I behave when Bishop is preaching? I'm worse. <laughs> Be careful. I'm going to ban you. <laughs> it says shining garments. You must desire, sisters. It's a, it's a type of garment. There's some sisters, every new style in town, they must wear some. Whether it is showing your breasts or it is lifting up your buttocks, whatever it is, you want to wear some. I'm now introducing to you a proper garment that a Christian must wear. That is what you must look for. And it is the Lord who gives you that garment. And all you need to do is not to have shillings, not to have dollars, but to have souls that you have won to the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. And when you have such a garment, wow, God puts this shining garment on you. And when you go to the door, say, wow, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are powerfully apparelled. Phantomagogios. Amen. The next garment is anointed garments. So, so ask your friend. Are you going to get a shining garment? What's the latest style in town, the, the sisters? What's the latest design? What's the latest? The ladies, what's the latest? Eh? Who knows what's the latest? Bareback. Ah, Bareback was 72. It has come back. He's a man. That's why he's saying it. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's a man. We are playing table tennis with him. You <laughs> woman? He said, bye bye. Why is that? Why is that? Of it? Who? Oh, she can tell us. Oh, yeah. Miss, miss. Please turn her body. Tell her. Copy hands for her. What, what's the latest design? Is this the latest design? Balloon dress. Please give her the microphone. Give her the microphone. <laughs> balloon yes? dress. What? Balloon dress. Balloon dress yeah. is the latest in town. How does it look like? like it looks like a balloon. <laughs> Sorry? It's Cinderella-like. Cinderella-like. Yeah. So when you wear it, does it give you the Coca-Cola shape? Yeah. Or the bass guitar? Coca-Cola. Mouth. <laughs> Amen. And you see sisters going for all kinds of things. But from today, you are going to wear a spiritual signing garment. A spiritual signing garment. Because you will win soul. May soul winning be a part of your normal life. May soul winning not be a once a year July event in your life. May it be a normal part of your life. 
Glory to God. The next garment is anointed garment. It's also one, one garment. When you wear it, you gain access. Yes. Anointed garment. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. And when you, when you have a garment which is anointed, it shows that you are different from the rest. You see, the anointing separates you. The anointing makes you different. There's a song it says, is the anointing that makes the difference. Amen. And there are many Christians who are dry. Dry. No anointing. You lack the spirit. Amen. But a Christian, whether you are a drummer, whether you are a singer, you are a shepherd, whatever it is you are doing in the Lord, you must be anointed. Amen. You must desire some oil on your hair. On your head. Desire that your clothes will be anointed. The anointing oil was not just oil. It also had a certain fragrance. A certain smell. It was, it was, it was a mixture of all kinds of substances. Ma, calamus, coriander seed, all kinds of, just to give it some, some, some aroma. Some fragrance. Amen. But many of us don't have that aroma of a believer. When demons smell you, they smell one of them. Your lifestyle gives you a certain aroma. Sunday morning as you are in church, you, you, your, your, your dress is smelling of your boyfriend's perfume. Because it has been an all night long rendezvous. And you didn't bath before coming here. There are different, listen, listen. There are different types of fragrances. And you need to smell like a Christian. Amen. Through the word of God. As you read your word. Have your daily quiet time. As you listen and uh, as you allow yourself to be filled with scriptures. When you open your mouth, you can quote a scripture. You listen to tapes. You are in church. You join a ministry. Your, 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 your fragrance changes. Because all of us have got some natural fragrance. Which is not nice. When you lift up your hand in worship and the thing begins to come out. But God wants to anoint you. Amen. God wants to anoint you, and that anointing can, can drip into your garments. Aaron is the priest who symbolizes the anointing. And the anointing oil also was in his garment till it flowed to the hem. Amen. My sister desire to be anointed. Don't just desire to look good. Don't just desire to have nice friends. Desire to be anointed. As a desire to be anointed. And one way the anointing comes is when you are a regular church attendee. And your pastor constantly preaches the word of God. As he talks and the words, the words come to you. As he talks to you. As he preaches Sunday after Sunday. Wednesday, Tuesday. Uh, root camp, shepherd's camp. As the word, the word of God is that sweet smelling incense. That comes into your life. And you smell differently. 
may your garment be anointed. I said, may your garment be anointed. When you are anointed, it means actually another, another meaning of the anointing is to be changed into a better format. A better person. A better person. Samuel told Saul that when you meet the prophets, you'll be prophesying. As you join them, you will be saying the Spirit of God will come upon you to the anointing. And it will change you. And some of us have not changed. Because you are not anointed. Anybody who is anointed is a changed person. You cannot be anointed and be sleeping with that girl. No. The anointing will change you. When you are anointed, the things you used to do, you do them no more. May that garment qualify you. I want to ask you, do you have a past? How come most people here have a past? And you don't have a past. Because your past is your present. But therefore, if anybody is in Christ, he is what? New. The old things have passed away. And the anointing is really what changes you to a different person. When my friends see me today on Sunday morning teaching and preaching in church, they'll be surprised. What a shock! This drunkard! Because the anointing... Let me tell you, you, if you are here, you go to church once a while. Some of you today, you heard that bishop is in town. You have joined the bus. You have come to sit here. You can't be anointed that way. The anointing must be coming constantly. Constantly. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Weekday, weekday. Constantly. Then it changes you. Then you can... You, then you'll be qualified to sing that song. We say, the things I used to do. I do them no more. The things I used to wear, I wear them no more. The things I used to say, I say them no more. There's a great change since I, the films I used to. What do you think will, will stop you from watching pornography? Pornography is more than cocaine. It's very addictive. But you can break free. I said you can break free. And it's an anointing that will change. May your garments be anointed. Ask your friend, can I, can I smell your garments? I, I, can, I, can, I, can I sample your garments? <laughs> Number three. The third garment you need to wear. So that you can enter that banquet. Can you see it here? God's banquet. God's banquet. The third garment is the garment of praise. The garment of praise. The garment of praise. When I say that, you say hallelujah. The garment of praise. Amen. That, That also is another garment that qualifies you to enter. Yeah. There's some parties when you are going, they will... They'll give you a card and tell you what not to wear. Sportswear not allowed. You can't attend certain banquets wearing tracksuits. Are you with me? And this type of garment is a very important garment. Which also will, will give you access to that great banquet God has for us. And it's called the garment of praise. 
And that garment is only worn by the people who are grateful. That garment is not for doctors, it's not for singers, it's not even for pastors. It's not for reverence, it's for grateful people. Once you are grateful, God gives it to you. It's for those who don't complain. It's for those who don't murmur. It's, it, 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 it's not for those who, 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 who are always unimpressed. Not easily impressed. And God wants you to be grateful for the life you have. Be grateful to your pastor who preaches to you. Be grateful to, to the presiding bishop who has organized such a camp and gathered people like you and people like me. Clap your hands for Jesus. Be grateful. There is no pastor I have met in my life outside Lighthouse who has told me that in their church they have something like this. Many churches, when they say they are going for camp, camp, they are just going for a picnic. With tents, they just go, you know, with food and drink, um, some safari camp. Few churches, if, if any, have what we have. Few churches in this world will allow someone like you to sit among people who are shepherds. You must be grateful. You must be grateful. And, that, and that, that, that attitude will make you always humble. Humble. No matter how great you become, no matter how powerful you become, you know that you were not supposed to be around. You did not qualify. I don't qualify to be. I, I know as of you, you qualify. But I don't qualify to be here. Oh, the ladies who qualify. Ladies, do you qualify? You are angels. You don't have jealousy. You don't have bitterness. Sweet. You are pure. When you smile, we melt. Because you are an angel. Glory to God. Be grateful. Amen. Let in every area of your life. That if you look at there are things you can complain about. There are also things you can be grateful to God for. May your eyes be trained, see the things that, that generate gratitude in you. Some people have got eyes which are trained only to fall. As you walk with God, the things that God doesn't do are the things you know about God. The prayers that God hasn't answered and will not answer are, are the prayers you are using to judge God's ability to meet your needs. Because you cannot see that some people cannot even sit upright the way you are sitting in church. If I say we should all stand up, you will stand up. Some people cannot stand up on their own. Be grateful. Be grateful. Be grateful that God saved you. Be grateful that your pastor came to you where you were and spoke to you. Be grateful for that day that you met that sister who shared the gospel with you. Be grateful for, for, for the church you have. Be grateful for Lighthouse. That's a song we say, I thank God for the Lighthouse. Because if it had not been for the Lighthouse, where would I be? Glory to God. Are you happy for the life you have now? Are you happy for the life you have now? 
It is when you are not grateful that you will be in lighthouse and be chasing other prophets. You will be in lighthouse and be impressed with other pastors. You'll be in lighthouse and, and, and desire milk from other places. When the things you are chasing are all here, that was the problem of the prodigal son. He was ungrateful. He had everything. But to him, it had to be far to be good. Once it's around me, it can't be good enough. It has to be in Christ's embassy for it to be good. Do you have Christ's embassy? It's a church. Do you have it in Kenya? Sorry, it's here. The book must be written by Pastor Francis for it to be good. If it's a book written by Bishop Dagwood Mills, oh, this book, about the last year we wrote an exam. Oh, it's okay. Let's, let's look for some powerful, not knowing that all the outsiders are coming for the book that you have put aside. I said, the book that you have put aside. One day, a man was very depressed. He had many problems in life. And they are there. Are you aware there are problems in life? Serious issues. The man tried to solve his problem, tried everything, and he said, No, I cannot continue. He, 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 he sold everything. He sold the loads. He sold till he had only his underwear. He said, No, I can't continue life like this. He said, You'll kill himself. So he went to a forest, a cemetery, and before you kill yourself, remove what you are wearing. I, 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 I am happy with what you have. I'll be happy if I have your under. You, you break. I can't climb. So since you have been able to climb, you bring yours down and kill yourself. You can go to hell. What a shock! And the man up was very shocked that what he had, that he felt that. His life was useless. Somebody was looking for it. You don't have a beloved. You think life is it's a, it's a wasted life. Many times, we, 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 we relate with God on the basis of what He cannot do. You relate with Lighthouse on the basis of, oh, that church has this. We don't have this. They have flowers on their stage. We have a cross on our stage. No, 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 it's funny when you say and stop. If you just came, we will tell you what it means. Say, man, may you wear a garment of praise. May you praise God every day. May you praise God for your church. Praise God for your pastor. Be impressed with your pastor. Be impressed with the books we have. Be impressed with the church because outsiders are impressed with what we have. You must be a devil not, be, not to be impressed with what we have. Demon infested. And in the end, that boy, he left. But he came back. Always, when they go, they come back. Either, either they come back physically or they come back to the website. But there will be a coming back. Because what God has made for you, He has made. What God has determined to be your home will be your home. The next garment. The next garment which will 
which will give you access is linen garments. Hey, linen. Especially when you starch it. You look like a man in armor. Armor. <laughs> say linen clothes. Oh, say linen clothes. And linen stands for expensive things. Expensive. Expensive. When you say, there's a price. How do you say it? Price. Price. God will not allow you to enter with gabardine garments. Polyester is not allowed. I said, we don't want gabardine. We want linen. Linen. Not calico. Linen. Say linen. Linen. What you will wear to enter, you should pay a high price for it. No price, no access. And God never reduces the price. The price that Uncle James will pay to enter is the same price Uncle Frank will pay to enter. He will not lower the standard because of your hairstyle. Say amen. And when we are in the Lord, no, we are talking about garments. Say garments. Garments. These are things that will give you access. If we are a Christian and you want to join this banquet, you want to enter it, I want to announce to you that what you wear should be, must be, ought to be expensive. You must pay a high price. After Jesus Christ sacrificed himself on the cross, we also are required to pay a price. Christ is not the only one who was crucified. Others were crucified. Indeed, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. That is, I've also paid a high price with Christ. We don't want to pay a high price. And what do we mean when we say something is expensive? You have something, I have, a, I, have a, I have a microphone which is expensive. What an expensive microphone. What does it mean? It means I have had to part with something that is, exp- that, that is, that is valuable. I may have to give some gold for this microphone. A lot of money for this microphone. Something precious for this microphone. When you work with God, what is precious to you, God will ask for it. You can't be with God and still hold on to things that are so dear to you that you can't part with. God will always ask you for something that is very close to your heart. That boyfriend who, who sleeps with you and gives you money for phone units. You must put him down on the table and I sacrifice you. Anytime you buy something expensive, you walk away with it, but you have less money than you had before you entered. If I buy this microphone for two million shillings, as I walk away with this microphone, it means my bank account is two million shillings less. Less. When you walk away with that shining garment, we must also ask you, what... What, what has left your life? 
What have you given up? You don't want to give up your friends. You don't want to give up that lifestyle. You, want to give, you don't want to give Sometimes God will even ask for your job. Yes. Yes, your job. Sometimes to live for God, there are certain jobs which are incompatible. One day, I had a friend, I said a, friend, a church member, many years ago, he had been around without a job for a long time. We praying with him, believing God. And one day he came to me and said, Pastor, Lord, the Lord has answered my prayer. I have a job. I said, wow. You've not told me all this time. I said, well, I had to uh, travel a little. Then I asked him, what job is it? He said, I now work in a casino. What a shock. I asked him, so how? How is it like? Are you happy with the work? He said, Reverend, uh, Pastor, Pastor, this many years ago, Pastor, I, 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 I'm not happy because each time I go to work and he works in the night, the people who come there to, to, to gamble said, the closer the ladies wear, very, very, very bad dressing. And as I look at them, I feel defiled. I, do, I don't feel good in my spirit. And I told him that you cannot be a Christian looking at ladies' breasts and underwear. When they bend a little, you see it, something small. It's, it's, it's incompatible with Christianity. But I was very glad. Just two weeks afterwards, or two or a little, uh, I mean, a few days afterwards, he came to me and said, I have left that job. I've left that job. He left it. He left it. Because, you see, I didn't have that courage and the boldness to say that, leave immediately because I didn't have a job for him. But he, on his own, took that decision to leave. You must pay something to, to work with God. You must pay a price to work with God. You cannot come to God with all the things that God wants you to give up. The, our work with God is not a work of convenience. It's a work of sacrifice. You pay a price. And God welcomes you into that great, great banquet. Are you blessed this morning? Are you ready for what God has for us this morning? I believe that we will never be the same. Those of you who are joining us today, it's been a very, very powerful time. And uh, I believe that God has great things in store for us today. Let's put our hands together and receive Reverend Obi.